This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's the place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Dr. Charles Parker here one more time, and we are having a very interesting guy today who's going to, you know, we've talked about it at Core Brain Journal several times. We've got Chad Cooper here who's going to talk about, get this, time, time, the reality of time. And he is going to turn us around in the way we're thinking about time. And I will not preempt him by telling you what he's going to say. You have to, you have to get the whole package. Chad, thank you so much for coming on board. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Chuck. I am excited about being able to, to share this message and not just inspire people, but hopefully uh, give them some, some shifts that help them be able to actually maximize their time. That's, that sounds like the deal we could all use, to tell you the truth. So let me say a couple of words from our sponsors, and we'll get started. Core Brain Journal is, as you know, supported by Direct Health Access Laboratory with over 3 million laboratory studies. They're deep leaders of experience with the big picture of measuring the molecular physiology, get this, for example, of methylation, cryptopyrrole, and copper challenges. Chad, this is all neurophysiology, but doggone it works. It's amazing stuff once you get into it. They provide a global service with a molecular focus. Go over, folks, and see what they're about. If you want more laboratory details, it's dhalab.com forward slash core, and they've got a lot of good information over there. Core Brain Journal is also supported by the nonprofit 80-year-old Barry Robinson Center that has the most modern, innovative ways of dealing with adolescent treatment failure nationally and internationally. The thing we really like about the Barry Robinson Center is they really are innovative and comprehensive in their programs. They provide residential care on an evolved family, interpersonal, and global level, and they're TRICARE friendly. And if you want to hear more and see more about what's going on over there, including some recordings from their CEO, uh, who's also been a guest here on Core Brain Journal. Uh, they're over at barryrobinson.org forward slash core. That's B-A-R-R-Y, robinson.org forward slash core. Now, let me tell you, folks, a little bit about Chad. I'm so interested in this conversation. We have to really get talking, but get what, we're, what, he's, what he's bringing to the, to the table here. Chad is available for release of his book on audio, and this is the book title, Time is the Problem. <laughs> Time isn't the is problem, it? you are. Four Strategies to Transform Stress into Success. I think it's too late in the day, buddy. <laughs> if you have not had the opportunity to check Chad out anywhere else, you will enjoy what he's got to say. He's a coach leading a life of example. He has retired at 35 years old. He coaches and mentors across several fields in order to inspire others to grasp their dreams and execute with passion. This whole time concept is how he does it. He's the owner of Factive Nautics Coaching and a Platinum Master Coach for the Robbins Research International Organization, Defined purple, Purposeful Coaching with Clear Direction. Is that Tony Robbins? I, yes, I uh, have, have actually, Tony and I have parted ways, but I can say that I it was a, one of his top coaches and was in charge of his Business Mastery uh, webinar series, and so had a great experience over there. Good trainer, good guy, very interesting, very interesting uh, stuff that he has. So the question is, if you're ready to go ahead and bust through the boundaries that everybody around you accepts as normal, so you can open the, your personal floodgates and let a surge of possibilities rush into your life, then Chad is your man. He's going to tell us about it here with several different specific steps that you can actually use to think about where you want to go with your life and what you're going to do. So sorry I messed up so much of that introduction. I apologize. You know, I was just reading and 
you know, I'm not used to reading. I'm used to talking to people. So, you know, it's like that's what it comes down to. Well, let's just get down to talking then, huh, Chuck? That, 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 will, that will work. <laughs> so tell us how you got into coaching in the first place. I mean, to be honest with you, I have a lot of respect for Tony Robbins. Um, the first question is, how did you even get with Tony in your career? And then what did the, how did the Tony thing transform you? And then where are you currently? Those are a lot of questions all in one. Yeah, let me see if I can, uh, I would say that I've excelled from a, a, a early start in my life. I left high school, or after high school, I graduated and I left two days after I graduated for the Marine Corps. Uh, I had an offer to try out for the U.S. ski team and I went into the military instead, uh, mostly because I already signed the paper. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to follow through with that, that, that uh, commitment, yeah. Uh, and in the Marine Corps, I was I became Regimental Marine of the Year. Uh, I looked at life as, you know, I can sit around. There's a lot of hurry up and wait. And to make time fly, I figured it would go by quicker if I'm actually active and busy versus sitting around and waiting for things to happen. And so that kind of carried through. I went to college, and when I graduated college with a degree in psychology and religion, uh, the reason I didn't go on to become a psychiatrist was that my advisor said, you know, what, what are you going to do, Chad, when you graduate? I said, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a psychiatrist. And she says, well, what are your other options? I said, I have these five other opportunities in, in computers, but, you know, that's a hobby. And so I worked, uh, I worked my butt off in college, but I also had fun. And she says, well, your lowest paying offer is more than I make 15 years in being a psychologist. Yeah, yeah. It was a really easy decision for me, Chuck, to say, yeah. why not go and make a lot of money doing something that's a hobby? And so that's really what put me in, into Microsoft, which is where I retired at 35. And when I hit 40, uh, I'd actually become a major sponsored Ironman triathlete. And I've done a number of other things in, in between. I've uh, picked up my securities and exchange licenses, and I uh, did that for a bit. Uh, but ultimately at 40, I applied for the Guinness World Record of the most completed bucket list items, uh, of the most popular bucket list items, 900 of them by age 35. And at 40, I went, this is awesome. Oh my gosh, look what I've done. And at the same moment, I went, oh crap, I've got God willing 40 50 years in front of me, what am I going to do? And so this was really a journey about me being able to say, can I repeat the success that I had? And then I looked at it and said, there's a lot of gurus, a lot of experts that are out there. And often they will get people drawn in. Oh, if I just do it, you know, do this formula, if I just do their product, then, then I'll have success or peace or whatever it is that you're going for. And somewhere along the lines, many of them get um, unsatisfied. They don't quite get what the results that they want. And often it's because that, that guru created the formula for their, their own success, but they never really intended to say, hey, let me work it backwards and see if it will work for universal success, work across the board for other people if they don't want the exact path that I took. And so that was really kind of my, my goal. And in that time I was contacted by the Robbins organization and, and asked, I already had my own coaching practice and I'd already been uh, helping people throughout all that time. And I said, you know, I think I, I need to go out and get certified as a coach. So that long story there is really about how I kind of came around that whole process and how the book came around to be able to help myself, but also that desire to help other people. That's a big part of what I like to do, whether it's philanthropy or through the book or through coaching or, or speaking. Well, I think it's unusual because the way you're even one of the things that we're going to invite you per your offer is a way for people to connect with you by the book that he's got. And you get like a $500 training series that he would ordinarily sell as a product for 500 bucks. He's going to give it to you. He wants to get hooked up with you and encourage you to read his book, which is kind of an amazing thing because this is how you say, hey, guys, I care. Indeed. 
Indeed. So um, one of my philosophies is that there was a study done uh, some time ago, uh, university or not university, the Georgia Institute for uh, Psychiatry. And they had all these people running around yelling, love me, love me. Why won't someone just love me? And it wasn't until those people began to love others that they then realized and started receiving the love that they so desperately wanted themselves. And so I look at my success is not because I'm gifted. Uh, I believe that God has given me those gifts and it's my responsibility to actually act them out, to live them out. And so I also believe that my success in my joy moves into fulfillment when I also contribute beyond self. And so that's a big part of, of in order to help others, I in turn am rewarded. It's not the in intention, but it just kind of happens that way for me. That's fantastic. And, and folks, we'll give you the link for that in just a moment. But right now we want to get started with the thing we promised, and that is Chad's view of the reality of time as it relates to your life on a personal level. And I, and we were talking a little bit beforehand and, uh, you know, what happened is, you know, we, he was laying some of this out. I think we need to really take a moment here because you folks are, you may be driving to work. You're thinking about why am I listening to this? The real reason to listen is he's going to, Chad's going to tell us about something that every single person from Chad, myself included, that we all have to deal with in our lifetime. And if we don't deal with it and we don't have a plan, it's going to knock us out. It's going to hit us because time is a reality. You've heard me say that before here. Chad's got some different ways of approaching it. So let's, let's talk about some of those strategies that you have, Chad, if you don't mind. Sounds great. Where do you want to dig in? I'd start with that whole business of number one. I mean, what is the problem? And if we look at the problem, why are we even saying it's a problem? And how does that actually work against us in our development as human beings and where we're going with our lives? Well, I'll tell you two people that I think have some credibility in this world, Chuck. Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Regardless of whether you love them or hate them, I think that they have a pretty successful track record, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been waiting for this interview for decades. And it finally, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett were interviewed by Charlie Rose in January of 2017. You can look it up and, and, and see it. And they said something that was very, very important. And it really is around what I call the rule of 168. The rule of 168 is how many hours you get in one week worth of time. So if time isn't the problem, and we are, then really what it comes down to is we get 168 hours, no more, no less. So what differentiates ourselves? Well, Bill says to, to or actually it was Warren that says to, to Bill, he says, I'm the guy that can buy anything except more time. It doesn't matter how much money he has. It doesn't matter his gender. It doesn't matter his ethnicity. It doesn't matter his geography. It's the great equalizer. And so if we're all given 168 hours a week, what differentiates us is how we utilize that time. And that's really why I say time isn't the problem we are. It's what separates the boys from the men and the girls from the women. How we do that is really about what we really want. And that is, is how do I make time serve me? And there's some techniques that we can hijack time to allow us to actually crack the formula. Crack the formula to, is this all there is? Right, we go to work for 40 hours a week or, or 60 more, more than likely, more than, you know, more reality. Most of us, yep. Yep, and we come home and we're toast, we're, we're burnt out. Or if we're fortunate enough to, to be a business entrepreneur, you know, we've got our foot down on the gas pedal and we are afraid to, to lift it up. And so we give everything we've got to our business because we're not sure, you know, how the economy is going to go. All these things that can happen. And then we come home and we have nothing left in the gas tank. And it doesn't have to be that way. So it's really about are the things that you're doing, are you making them as an excuse or as an explanation for why you're not accomplishing the things that you really want in life? So if we're the problem, it also means that we're also the prescription for the fix. 
for the solution. Also, Absolutely. Yes. So the question is, how do we do the fix? Sorry to jump right into it, but that is where we would be useful and it'd be very helpful if you appreciate it. You betcha. So the first I'm going to say is understanding what our purpose is. Often we're told by Hollywood or by others, you know, your purpose is a set of things. Brad Pitt was quoted in Rolling Stone magazine at one point saying, I've got, I'm the guy that's got everything. I've got the plane. I've got the Hollywood wife. I've got the money. I've got the celebrity status. But it doesn't help me sleep any better at night. Tom Brady, after he won his fourth Super Bowl ring, and I think he's on a gazillion now, but after <laughs> his fourth one, was also in Rolling Stone magazine and said, you know, I'm the guy that's got four Super Bowl rings. Tell me that there's got to be something more. So how can these titans, these moguls, have all of this be seemingly serving their purpose, and yet we have people like Robin Williams or Philip Seymour Hoffman that seemingly had it all and ended their life? Yeah. Well, the reality is, is that a purpose is not a set of things. And we make the rules really hard to win, Chuck. I have the fortunate privilege to have a foundation in Guatemala that I'm one of the board, founding board members. And somebody asked me a question repeatedly when I'm down there. I get this question. For a long time, I wasn't sure how to answer it. And finally, they said, these people have nothing. How is it that they're happier than us? And it occurred to me, that they make the rules easy to win. They know what their purpose is. And so if our purpose isn't our car, you know, the certain kind of car, when I have this kind of car, then I'll be happy. When I have the right house or the right job title, or when I have X amount of money in the bank, then, then I'll be happy. Only to get that and go, well, why am I not happy? Well, our purpose is a set of feelings. That's it. It's how we want to feel. And if you want to understand what your purpose is, grab a pen and paper and write down three to five of your happiest memories that you can recall. Now, if you're ambitious and you really want to make sure that you're clear about it, you can keep going, 7, 10, 15. But write down three to five of the happiest memories that you can recall, being specific to recall the feelings and emotions that were part of those experiences. It should be multiple paragraphs. And then when you have that, you circle or underline all of the feelings and emotions. And what you're going to find, Chuck, is certain feelings and emotions will keep repeating. And those are your core values. And so we ask ourselves, when we look at our calendar, how many of those emotions, how, are there any emotions, quite frankly, that show up in your calendar? Or are you professional and boring by putting things like workout? Well, nobody likes to work out unless you're you know, a weirdo like me that likes to do Ironmans. There's no logical reason to ever do a, an Ironman. The reason that I do it is because I knew that it served my purpose. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about it. I and mean, you know, I'm, a, I'm riding the train with you. There's no question about it because – what happens, you start thinking about it. It's very easy as you're describing it for a person to imagine a moment like that without even writing it down. Like, what is it that you found uh, exciting, happy about that moment? And then what, you know, and really defining in clear terms who you are there as opposed to all these other things which you're saying, you didn't say it explicitly like this, but the car is not who you are. The car is a representation of something is for somebody else, but it's not who you are. So you're chasing what others might think about you if you're doing the Lamborghini thing. And if, if you're really thinking about who you are, you're chasing that moment, probably of a connection with someone or some, some connection with yourself on a, on a realistic level. And then please go ahead and amplify on that if you want to. Did you cut off there? No, I'm here. Okay. I, the, the, so the issue is, what would you say about that? And if, if that is uh, what I, 
where we where we got lost right there as I was asking you to amplify on it, the issue would be, what is it that that can you typify what that feeling is for most people? That's where I'm going. Yeah. So often, what we we don't recognize, you know, if some of those happiest memories are at a family reunion or family picnic or uh, you know, are people included? Then maybe it's about connection. Maybe it includes community, right? And, and with that community, it's about connection. It's about love. It's about generosity. And so we, we need to first understand what are those feelings that charge us, that allow us to be present in the moment and allow us to say, I get to do this versus having a calendar like many people that is, I have to do this. And so that's really the first part. The second is, is once you have that, is inserting the purpose into your calendar. That's how to crack the code to, is this all there is? So there was a, a gentleman most people have probably never heard of, Chuck, called L. Granham. He was a financial genius, worked in the financial industry for Northwestern Mutual. And it's probably one of my favorite quotes. He says, it's, it's not your strength that holds you to your purpose. It's the strength of the purpose itself. Another way of saying that, so I'll repeat that in case somebody wants to write that, that down, is it's not your strength that holds you to your purpose. It's the strength of the purpose itself. See, discipline alone isn't going to get you across the finish line. It might be a characteristic that supports you, but knowing the strength of the purpose is what it creates the leverage to allow us to get up, dust the dirt off when we've been knocked down and keep moving forward. That's what allows us to be successful. You know, and what you're saying, and this is a little bit glib, and I apologize for, uh, but it's, it has to do with self-realization. It has, there's a certain measure of coming to grips with, with who you are. What you're saying is, if you put a structure into self-realization and really think about those pieces of yourself that really you're disconnected with. Now, you stop me if I'm wrong. I'm happy to listen to you on this. You know more about it than I do. But it sounds like what you're saying is if you get really into identifying who you are and your really core values, that those core values will take you through the mud and the speed bumps because you're on that principal level chasing those values of connect, uh, connectivity and uh, contribution that ordinarily you may miss if you're chasing the Lamborghini. Absolutely. In fact, I'll give you an example. And this really goes into once we know our purpose and we know how to maximize 168 hours, it's really about making the subject line juicy and delicious. And many of us, if we're, we're parents, we feel guilty we don't get enough quality time with our children. And so to avoid that problem, what often happens is when we say we're the problem is that we don't recognize when there are great moments for us to capitalize on. And so what happens is we put in our calendar, drop the kids off at band practice or soccer practice or school. And instead, what I invite you to do is look at how can you really make that language incorporate your values. And so I've had the privilege to be able to walk my son almost every single day since he was in preschool all the way up until now he's in, in uh, about to go into to high school. And regardless of where we've lived. And instead what mine says is I have safely traveled, spending quality one-on-one -on -one time, transporting my son to an extraordinary day. Now there's three points in there. I've safely traveled means that I've left enough time to deal with construction, congestion, or an accident. So that I'm not being that, that character of a father that's frankly flipping somebody off because they've cut me off and I'm in a hurry. I got to drop them off and then I got to get to work and then I got, oh crap, I got to get gas, right? So safely traveled means that we're present in that moment and give enough padding. Padding is not just for furniture. It needs to be in our calendars. Mm -hmm. Spending quality one-on-one -on -one time means that when we have an opportunity to connect, 
is that child in the back seat tuned into a smart device, you know, an, an iPad or an iPhone? Are you returning a phone call or listening to voicemail or tuned out to, to something else? When you have a great opportunity to connect and ask two quality questions, you want to have a greater or better relationship with your, your family? Ask these two questions twice a day. In the beginning of the day, what are you going to do to make the impossible possible? And second is, is who is going to be better because of you today? Good and questions. That is, those are outstanding questions. That, that's beautiful. Well said. Sorry to interrupt you. That's yeah. Good. And ask those questions then and go through them as a, as a you know, conversation at dinner or with your friends. And then lastly in there is setting him up for that extraordinary, extraordinary day is by asking those questions, I get him to focus on what's possible, not what's difficult or challenging or living in the system that is against you. Yeah. So by having our purpose incorporated, having those feelings in the subject line, it sets the stage. The vehicle notice, by the way, Chuck, the vehicle never changed. We're still doing the same thing, but we've shifted the meaning in a profound way. And this is what billionaires and professional athletes and Olympians understand. That's why I get to work with them. Well, just to shed another piece of light on that, what occurs to me while you're talking is the difference between a static state and a dynamic state. You know, so what happens is so often goals are static, which then, of course, if you achieve them, you have nothing else to do because you've actually achieved that goal and you have no dynamism in it. You're not really going anywhere because that was the end. You got that. Okay, I might as well kill myself because I don't have anything else to do. Uh, I'm obviously being terribly facetious and trivializing that situation, but people do think that way. If they have a static set and they've achieved the static set, then there's two issues. One is you didn't achieve the static set, which means that's a terrible consequence. And then, by the way, you achieve the static set and you have nothing else to do after that because in reality there was no change that you thought would be forthcoming when you actually got that particular object. Whereas the points that are so beautiful that you raise or what is your dynamic, what's your flow state? What's your dynamic relationship with the reality that's been given to you? And how are you accommodating yourself to that reality and actually growing the possibilities that are extant in that, in that reality that you're dealing with? Yeah, I will tell you that I've had the fortunate privilege. Olympians are, are a bit unique in, in talking about that dynamic versus static. Olympians actually, in, in my assessment, have learned how to compress time. Thinking about an Olympian, you know, they're in their teens to maybe early 20s when they peak. These are people that, that are extraordinary, that have worked their entire youth off. And by the way, most, most don't enjoy the journey, only to become gold medalists and resent that they don't have a college degree. Most can't monetize that gold medal that they, they've worked so hard to have that achievement. You know, Michael Phelps monetizing it is, is a, uh, an anomaly. And they resent that it's primarily all that represents who they are. See, they don't want to be defined only by being a gold or silver or bronze medalist, but they have nothing else to pivot towards and thrive. It's static. And so when that time comes, it's a whirlwind. When it's over, they're left with, oh, crap, who am I? What do I do? How do I monetize this? And in today's world, that happens for people in their careers as well. 97% of the world will reach some level of attainment in their life where they have to choose. They have to choose the next obstacle that's standing in your way to get to the next level in your life be it business or health or finances, man, it looks like a challenge. And you can choose to either take your foot off the pedal and slowly drift or dabble through the next several decades of your life and hope as a strategy to write out your earnings, hope that it will last 
or that a buyer will come and buy your business and bail you out. Or you can be part of that dynamic 3% club that's resourceful, courageous, growth-minded, and pushes through that challenge to victory. But we get to a point where we say, I'm tired, I'm bored, I'm frustrated, or I'm afraid. You know, fear, fear that even that they don't want to regret saying no to something. And so we don't ever say no. And our willpower is frayed. And the reality is, is that we fill our calendars 168 hours at a time with things that drain our batteries. Instead I got, of recharging them. It's so cool. Now, I've got something to ask you. And I'm going to come back and ask you this because I think we're really so much on the same uh, plane here with this conversation. Because what happens is, and this is, uh, and I, I really appreciate your feedback because you're much more into time than I am. You've given a lot more thought. But my sense of it is that because a person, I'm going to ask you this question when we come back, we're going to take a break in a second, but it seems to me, and I appreciate your reflection on that, that the fact that a person is not dynamically involved with the changing reality that they're experiencing in their lives because they aren't really connected with who they are in the first place because they're chasing who they are from the outside rather than the inside that they get stuck in a lot of different circumstances. And I'd appreciate your response when I ask you when we come back on the problem of actually achieving success, which is kind of what you're talking about, but we haven't actually said it because it is a reality that's a specific thing. And we come back, we'll just take a brief, brief break here. We come back, we're going to talk about that fresh reality. Well, folks, you know, as well as I do that, Psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations, may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression on every level for families, including military families, internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living. How do we know? We refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing. So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful, cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's dhalab.com forward slash core. Chad, thank you so much for sharing these very interesting ideas and the question I was going to ask you, we come back to it because I, you're, you're deeply into this and I, and I would appreciate your reflection on this because it seems to me, and I'd like your feedback on it, when you get into that reality, that new reality, that the illusion can occur not only with the Lamborghini, which is kind of superficial and almost uh, uh, too easy to disclaim, but the reality of additional responsibility of being the gold medalist of, in fact, being the president of the company, because you go into a different reality when you are successful. What is your thought about that whole thing relating to that whole 
business of time and change. Well, we're talking about some legendary people. And I believe a legendary lifestyle is really defined by our own standards, Chuck, not by societies. Society has a very low bar. But I believe what people are really, the, the real issue is that the things that you should be doing scare the crap out of you. And it takes courage to be able to admit that, to say, I'm tired, I'm bored, I don't know what else to do. That if I take my foot off the gas, is everything going to come to a halt? And so what we really need to look at is what recharges our batteries. You know, I was having this conversation with a, a, a dear friend of mine. And, you know, he, he, he had said, you know, the whole balance issue is kind of funny, inherently dynamic. You try to experience it daily and, and it's unreasonable. But if you try to do it one week at a time, it's totally, totally doable. But it's about really knowing what charges our batteries. And if you know what that is, then make sure you block time to schedule that in. So if it's the Lamborghini, is the Lamborghini, I have no problem with making a crap load of money. I have no problem having nice things. The question is, is, do you have them so that other people tell you that you're enough or because you already know that you're enough and this just compliments you? I have a little roadster and I have a, a big truck and I drive the little roadster about 99% of the time. And some of my friends, you know, they're like, dude, you need a, a Ferrari, you need a Porsche. I'm like, you know what? I paid one, one check for this car and every time I get in it, doesn't matter what kind of day I'm having. I just have this smile on my face. I have palm trees going by and sun coming down on me because it creates and it establishes, it reinforces my purpose, those feelings that I want. So the question is, is you know, if, you're, if you have passion for these things, if you're passionate about your career, great. Stop apologizing for it. But understand what those emotions, those feelings are that you get there and ask them how you can give 100% presence at that moment and when you come home, give that same focus and commitment of undivided presence in the other areas of your life, be it your health or a relationship or your children or your finances or your community. So when we look at, you know, is work-life balance possible? You know, a number of famous people, uh, Jack Welch said, there's no such thing. It's called work-life choices. Dr. Ivan Meisner, I think, has it right. And he says, there's no such thing as work-life balance, but there's work-life harmony. And so when we look at that harmony, it, tells, it reminds me of the yin and yang symbol. And we can go into, you know, what do I think the yin and yang symbol really represents? But it's not a straight line. Harmony is in waves. And we want to ride that wave. That is so true. I mean, uh, you know, the issue is, uh, I hate to interrupt, but I'm thinking about this because what's going on is, in my mind, the polarity, I'm really big on polarities and reductionistic thinking and dichotomies, okay? And it just occurred to me while you were talking that balance is really implicit. Uh, implicit in the balance is a dichotomy, that you're setting, or, uh, setting apart, uh, apart polar opposites because there's this thing and this thing, and they're not really connected properly. And harmony is the entire situation, the complexity of your life, needs to be, as you're saying so eloquently, fully realized in every respect and that there's not really a dichotomy. A dichotomy is a false, you're actually aggravating yourself because you got your focus in the wrong thing because in a way, balance is a metaphoric Lamborghini because you could say work is this thing and home is that thing. You're still chasing something outside of yourself, whereas if you're harmonizing, this is who I am in every place. This is how I find satisfaction. This is how I connect with whoever I'm with, my family, my colleagues, my staff. This is who I am as a person. Yeah, I'll give you three examples of that. Uh, I've had the privilege of working with professional athletes. And I've worked with athletes that are going up on 
probably their last contract, you know, going up for a $40 million contract. And every time that they get on the mound, their game's in a slump. And that's not the time when you want your game to be off. <laughs> I think we could all say bad timing. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is, is every time that this person gets up on the mound, they may be physically present, but mentally they're checked out because they're wondering whether their wife is diddling somebody else. And the reality is, is they are. And so how many of us are physically present in one place, but mentally checked out? I wonder why we drain our batteries all the time. You know, when we're at work, we're wishing that we're out, you know, playing outside or with our family. When we're with our family, we feel guilty that we didn't get something, a quote or a proposal or something or email responded back to a, a, a client. And so we aren't present. And so that yin and yang is really about being able to say, am I able to accept all parts of me, both the positive and the negative energies? And so I believe that there's a check mark of seven characteristics I can go through, Chuck, that kind of will help you ask in each activity that you're doing in your life or in your calendar, each event, do these seven show up? And when they do, you'll find that you're serving your purpose. Because I also believe for a marriage to be great, guys need to go out and do guy stuff. Women need to go out and do girl stuff. And couples need to come together and do couple stuff. But if I don't get out and go to do stuff with the guys, I'm not present in my marriage. I have to go out and just do man stuff. Does that make sense? Go out and do man stuff? Well, you're in, you're, you're, what you're saying is really in, you're experiencing your entire reality of who you are as a person. You're not cutting things off and depersonalizing. You're not going over into a depersonalized state of, okay, I'm going to be this person, that person. This is who I am. I'm a guy that does this. I'm a husband that does this. I'm a father that does this. And it all has to integrate successfully in the harmonized way, what you're talking about. Correct. Correct. And we can do that 168 hours at a time. And so if I'm off, you know, last week I was up in Toronto doing a keynote and there wasn't a whole lot of family time there. So guess what? When I come home, I'm going to slide the scale and create that harmony, but I'm going to be present in that. And so it's about choosing when I take something on that I'm fully embracing it. So those seven characteristics, how about we go through that? Oh, go ahead, please. Oh, before I do that, I want to give another example of that, that harmony is uh, one of my clients is a nine-time world champion boxer, and he is one of the most humble, peaceful, kind people I've met until you put him in the ring. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and you put him in the ring and he's walking out, you're going to be carried out. <laughs> and that's about that harmony. He knows how to channel that yin energy in the right environment. And he knows where to channel the yang energy in the right environment. But when we try to force it or we try to be that in the wrong environment, it creates suffering for us. It creates pain. Yeah, because he knows who he is. So he he's taken. He, he knows who he is internally. He has an internal set of values. And this is who I am. This is my value here. This is my value here. And he can, he can float and harmonize with the reality as opposed to being stuck in some abstraction of who he might become or whatever. So in getting to know who you are, in that Bill Gates and, and Warren Buffett uh, interview, Bill said one of the greatest gifts that he learned from Warren was that he used to think having a busy, full schedule was an indication of his level of seriousness. And Warren taught him that actually having that space to think is really one of the great American advantages. When we say America doesn't innovate or that we struggle, it's because we actually don't take time to go to the bathroom without having our phone or something to entertain us. Is do we actually stop and create silence in our mind? Because when we do that, that's when we generate our greatest creativity. 
And so I look at that as, as kind of like the analogy, Chuck, of a Formula One racer. A Formula One racer doesn't matter if they have the greatest engineers, car, team, and their greatest driver. They cannot win a race without doing one very critical thing. A pit stop. (laughs) Now the strategy is to know when to take that pit stop. Too soon, and your competitor laps you and wins the race. Takes too long in the pits, your competitor comes out, laps you, and wins the race. Excellent. But we have to take a pit stop in order to win the race. And that's where we need that silence, that creativity to come forth. That is what helps recharge our batteries. That is a wonderful metaphor. You know, it's, it's really the harmony is a great example of harmony because you're dealing with the reality of the moment. You're actually time not focused. You're not focused in the future. You're not focused in the past. You're focused in the now. And you're harmonized with what your machine is doing what the race is doing, what your colleagues are doing. You're, I mean, it it sounds hokey, but I mean, you're living in the moment and you're fully realized in the moment. And you say, I'm just doing my best job right now. And I think this is the best thing I can do. And if it's wrong, I'm going to learn from it. If it's right, we're going to win. And here's the great thing. If it's wrong or you had a misstep, guess what? You got another 168 hours next week. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're not dead. That's right. You know, dying yeah, is not for. I had a, a, a drill instructor and he says, pain is your friend because it reminds you that you're still alive. Yeah, that's so true. I'm not afraid of pain. You cannot do an Ironman without bringing pain along for the journey. But it doesn't mean with pain that you have to suffer. Suffering is a choice. But pain is part of getting outside of our comfort zone. All your dreams lie outside of your comfort zone. So let's hit those seven points. You hinted a little bit about them. You've got my curiosity up. We still need to download that book and get get involved with the book because uh, if we don't get involved with the book, we're not going to be able to fully integrate it. But let's run through it quickly if you don't mind. Yeah, we haven't teased people long enough on those seven characteristics. (laughs) You got me frothing at the mouth, buddy. Good, good. So what are the seven characteristics of yin and yang? The first is mission. So when we look at yang, yang is the positive energy. And I want to be very clear. It's not right or wrong. It's not anything good or evil. It's simply positive and negative energy. That's it. Just like what you get on a battery. One end is a positive, the other end is a negative. And it cannot do its job without both connecting to the vehicle. So the first in the yang is mission. We all need to have a sense of mission. And mission is singular focused. Men identify with mission very clearly. The second is freedom. The freedom to pursue our mission. And then the third is love. See, if we only pursue mission freely, that makes us a big Gunther. That makes us somebody that dominates or intimidates other people with verbal threats. Now, whether you like them or hate them, we have, we have politicians today that clearly know their mission, are free to pursue it, but they don't do it from a place of love, of empathy for others. And more concretely, I'm going to come around to the, the, the yin part. So that's the three elements of the yang. Sorry, I, I think I misspoke earlier. The yang, the positive energy, is mission, freedom, and love. Yeah, we got that. Definitely. That's, uh, you did say that correctly, yeah. Okay. The second half of that is the yin, and that is his adventure. Mission and adventure are two different things. Mission is singularly focused. Adventure flows in all directions, Chuck. Yeah, good point. It's boundless. And so they are very distinct and different. If we look at Disney uh, animating fables, all the fables that Disney's animated is when there's a lead character that's female in that, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, uh, you know, a number of them, Rapunzel, 
is she goes off on an adventure and then there's the masculine energy that comes in that is about he serves the mission to protect her. But in the beginning, he's not free, right? He's serving that mission from a place of imprisonment. And how many of us are filling our calendar, serving a mission, but not doing it freely? So true. And we are fighting that yin and yang between mission and adventure. So that's the, the fourth piece. Yep. The other part of the yin is filling up. Does your weak experiences fill you up? And if not, then it's draining you and ask yourself why. Is it because you don't have a mission? Is it because you're not freely pursuing it? But it should fill you up. Satisfy you. Satisfaction. Satisfy you. It should align to your purpose. Align, right. See, when we are in harmony with our purpose, it doesn't mean that it isn't going to be hard, but it doesn't drain us. We're willing to do the steps. When it drains us, that's what we call work. But we've all been, we've seen athletes in the zone and they're just going through the steps and they keep going and they never get, get uh, drained. So the last two in this is need to feel safe. We want to feel and we need to feel safe. And lastly is speaking our truth through love. We have politicians galore. We have athletes. We have a world today of people who are speaking the truth, but there's a vast difference between speaking your truth through love and just speaking your truth. But when we speak our truth through love, it allows us to have empathy and we can still stand firm in our values, but it allows us to connect with people rather than to build walls. So look at your calendar. Take any item that's in there and ask yourself, how many of these seven qualities of yin and yang are present? And if there's more that are missing that are present, that, my friends, is why time isn't the problem. We are. And so we can use our purpose. We can use our language. There's skills that can allow us to say, well, if mission is missing, what can I do to actually serve a mission in this moment? Or how can I choose to do it freely? So it's interesting how you took the uh, series together and, and they built one upon the other and the, uh, the sort of the apex where the main transition is, is in love, connectivity, and uh, really contribution. You, you, you didn't use the word contribution, but that's really what you're talking about because in the love, that person is actually giving something to other people rather than seeking to get something. So yes. there, you know, there's a, there's a giving motive that has, that's harmonized with the moment, but it's a giving, uh, the, the mission, the mission is, you know, what I was thinking about while you were talking about it, the mission in a way, when you're talking from a military point of view and you're a military guy, or you yep. are, is is really kind of the tactics and then what happens is with the adventure it's kind of the strategy the larger picture but both of them have to have a certain underlying common denominator to get where you want to go and that is that if you get lost in pieces and you fragment your overall the harmony of the mission with the with the picture and you miss the big picture then you're a lost soul, you'll be disappointed, you'll be depressed, and you'll get stuck and you'll feel developmentally arrested. Absolutely. And, and there's countless examples of this. I believe that you'll notice that the word love is actually in both the yin and the yang, mm -hmm. which is the glue that connects the two. But I also look at this and say it's in all kinds of examples in our world. If you look at Fibonacci spiral, just go out and, and, and search for it. Often what you'll see in that, Chuck, is a circle that just keeps on going right around in a loop. But what most people don't know about Fibonacci spiral is that that is the flow and outside of it, that's the yin, and outside of it is a hard frame, the yang. So it's that balance in creating that harmony.
when we look at the human brain, it's very gelatinous, for lack of a better word, but surrounding it is a hard skull, the yeah. yin and the yang. Yeah. And both serve their purpose. And so what fills us up is the ability to create that balance. When we look at when people say, oh, you're just selfish. I'm all about being self-serving or self-centered because it allows us to recharge ourselves so we can come back and give 100% to the other areas of our life. But we can't only be centered, you know, self-centered. We also have to be servant leading as well. We have to be of service to others. Yeah, you're by message, creating that, yeah, you're honoring, message, I'm disagreeing with you a little bit because I think all of your mesh, I, I think I'm just going to quibble a little bit about the word and not really disagreeing with you, but I think if you said it somewhat differently, it would be really more tuned in with your mission. And self-centered is self-responsible more than it is because some, so many people think of self-centered as acquisition and taking. But self-responsible, responsible for self is one part of it, and being responsible for others is another part of it. And so I'm really not correcting you. I'm just trying to clarify that point. But I think that's really what your self, self-management is your mission, and it's, to, it's totally reasonable to not feel guilty about t- managing yourself correctly. And then, Yes, absolutely. And go from there. Yeah, and the reason that I say that is, is because it allows people to connect and say, oh, you mean it's okay to take care of myself? Not only is it okay, but I believe you have a responsibility to do that. Yes. That's so true. Certainly in tune with our mission. I mean, it's the reason we're doing Core Brain Journal and really appreciate you coming on because, and thanks for taking the time really to break this down. I mean, this is really very, very useful, very helpful. I mean, we've taken a little bit longer with you because you've got a message that takes it right down to the bones of things. It takes, it, it takes, and I think balance is a word that I've overused to tell you the truth. And I really got to get that word harmony in there. And I've got to think about harmony more because it's more fluid. It's more uh, coalescent. It covers the, uh, many variables, whereas balance is still stuck in that either or. And I think you made such a, a helpful clarification on that. And I think your point about love is really a, because that's what we're really doing. Either we're making a contribution to the evolution of humankind by our deportment and our self-management, or we're not. I mean, you know, if we're not, we're developmentally arrested. If we are, we're actually growing and will grow because the world's going to feed back to us other opportunities, other learning opportunities. And it's just a question of living in that, in that uh, dynamic scene. Absolutely. When we're in harmony, we're in tune with a vibration. Think about a symphony, right? It's harmonious. There's a vibration that resonates through our entire body. But when we say balance, it's like a hard line in trying to to be a high wire act. So I like harmony because it just, it sends a vibration that just is music to my ears. Thanks so much for clarifying that point for me. I really appreciate it. It's definitely, I mean, it was in my peripheral vocabulary. It's going to become in my operational vocabulary. I really appreciate it. I appreciate being on. Thank you. Well, Chad Tuper, thank you so much. Let's close with this book and five-day challenge membership. Let's close with that so we give people a place to go to connect with you. Let's go ahead and hit that if you would, please. So very easy. You just go to chadecooper.com. E is an echo. Chadecooper.com forward slash challenge. And I'm actually making the challenge available for free. So you can get the book in paperback, Kindle, or audiobook, which is already WhisperSync enabled. And then I encourage you to see, do you have the foundation for a legendary lifestyle? Find out. Go to the challenge, enroll, and get it for five days free. It's typically $500, but I'm offering it out there because I want to make the impact. I want to help serve people. So make the most of it. Chad, I'm going to do it. I'll tell you that. I'll do it this weekend. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. If you then diversify your message in any way, give me a call because we'd be happy to have you back on again and say, hey, here's another thing that uh, I've experienced that might be useful for your listeners. We'd be happy to have you back on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Core Brain Journal. 
We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications like those written for ADHD are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.